we may not know it, but patience can be our best friend. And I have learned over the years to make patience my friend, whether I wanted it to be or not, because there's so many times we have had to wait. But more importantly, I found patience found a place in relationships. See, as Moses led the Israel through the wilderness, there were plenty of times where patience could have been someone's best friend. Like when they were building the golden calf to worship instead of God. They could have been patient and waited on God to reveal himself. But Moses showed patience when God was ready to turn his back Moses said give him another chance and it wasn't just then and there but another time on that wilderness journey even Moses' brother and sister Aaron and Miriam turned on Moses didn't like the, the person that he married and instead of casting them out he showed patience. Patience is our best friend when building relationships and maintaining the relationships that we have. Today's passage of Scripture will be coming from the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin... You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And if anyone thinks that they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. But each one should test their own actions, that they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, as we come to this portion of the service, I ask that you be with me and give me guidance and, and direction. Father God, give us words that will be pleasing to our ears, inspiring to our spirits, and informative to us as a people who are in love with you. Take for me, Father God, any desire to speak my own word. Let your spirit fill me and allow me to be a vessel to minister to your children. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I read these first passages of Scripture and, and it captivates me because it starts off with, with two words that are intimate to a relationship when Paul is talking to a, a church in another land, to people I'm sure that he knows some of, but possibly not all of, he doesn't refer to them as strangers or congregants. He refers to them as brothers and sisters. So immediately when, when Paul starts this discussion, he reaches out to, to the people and he says, he says this to you, that, that you are important not just to me, but to God. That you're not just someone in passing, that, that I'm passing these words 
of hope and inspiration to you. But there is a connection between you and I, whether we have met or not. And that is, because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, that we are more than strangers. We are family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. So I think that, that when he started this conversation, he pointed that out for, for a very specific reason because this is a difficult conversation to have because he moves straight on into to the heart of the message, which is that if someone is caught in sin, but you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. That statement can be a heavy note to hear any heavy burden to bear. But this is what I think Paul was really saying. And I can be wrong. It's just my opinion. But in my experience in life, no matter what church I go to, one thing I've known to come true, that as much as I would love to be perfected in this life, I am not. And the chances of me ever becoming perfect and living a perfect, holy, and godly life in this lifetime is slim to none. You see, I'm saved by the same grace that you are. Grace that come down from heaven. Not because I have done anything to deserve, but because my Father in heaven has looked down and said, regardless, I love you. And that same grace that has saved you and I is the same grace that has saved those in our lives and in our communities that is called on the name of Christ. You see, I think what Paul was saying was this, that, that I understand that, that we as a church are not perfected in this life and that, and that we all live with, with a certain development or impact of sin in our lives. And part of loving one another is to love one another in spite of that sin. Now, I believe that not one sin is greater than the other. If I have petty theft down here and heinous acts of violence down here, I believe in God's eyes those sins are equal. But the truth is that in society we have to put varying degrees of evil on our sin. Not because one person is more valued than another because of their sin, but because of the impact that it has on our personal household or the community in which we live. See, believe it or not, and I know it's hard to believe, I'm not always, nor have I always, been patient. I know that's hard to believe, but it, it, it's true. And my family can attest to it. 
that there were days that, that when I looked into life and I didn't see life the way that I wanted it to, or that there were days when I looked into life and, and I saw nothing but darkness, no path of, of hope or inspiration that was before me in that moment. But when I got lost in that despair, instead of running and clinging to God, I would lose myself in an outburst of desperation and doubt. But I will say to you today that, that my family exercised great patience with me, my wife and my children. Then instead of casting me out, they corrected me where I stood. They didn't tell me how evil I was or how cruel I was being, and they didn't condemn me for my actions. But they said with meaning and passion, Tommy, you need to correct your behavior. And I think that's what Paul says to us in this passage of Scripture. Because if you notice, these are the things that he pointed out. Again, that, that we are a family, that we're brothers and sisters, and, and brothers and sisters have to love one another, have to care for one another, and carry each other's burdens no matter where we go and no matter what we do. And he points out to us, that though there are varying degrees of sin that impact our lives, we are instructed to do this. To love thy neighbor as thyself. He didn't say, cast your brother and sister to the side. He said, correct them and correct them gently. He didn't say, cast them out of your household or, or cast them out of your circle of friends. But help them find their way back. Because you see, sometimes we get caught up in circumstances that, that brings out the worst in us. When what God wants to do is to, to use that circumstance to bring out the best in us. See, when that pressure is applied and we slow down our thoughts and our, and our actions and, and take a moment to say or ask the question, God, what is it that, that you would have us do here during this circumstance? How would you have us to respond? I think that patience would take root and begin to change our lives and, and our perspective on how we see things. I think that when we take patience in those circumstances and make her our dear friend, that she will change our hearts and minds 
and not just our focus back to God, but help keeping us moving forward in whatever wilderness it is that God has us walking through. You see, what patience can help us do is this. They tell us that when the storms of life hit, to tuck our shoulders and bow our heads and face that storm head on, weathering no matter what it brings. But patience tells us this, that, that in the storm, we don't have to bow our head, and we don't have to, to weather the storm, but in that very storm, we can dance and celebrate the life that God has given us because the wilderness is not that horrible place that we think about. The wilderness that, that we live in sometimes in life that we experience is a chance to explore who we are in Christ. It's the opportunity for, for pressure to be applied to us. To cast away those areas of weakness and make them strong. To take faith that is weak and make it powerful. And take faith that is already powerful. And make it a foundation in Christ on which we stand that makes us immovable. That's what patience does for us. Paul tells us that we are to carry one another's burdens. And in doing so, that fulfills the law of Christ. And I love these terminologies that, that Paul and the other writers of the Bible use. They sound so, so great, so dramatic, like to fulfill the law of Christ. It sounds so powerful, but, but what does that really mean? I think it means this. That Christ came into this world to heal the brokenhearted, to give sight to the blind, and to restore hearing to the deaf. And I don't think that he was just talking about the, the physical manifestations, but I think he was also talking about the spiritual aspects of life. That by restoring our sight, that we no longer see the world and, and all the fanciness of it and desire that. But that we see the love of God and His holy hand as it reaches out to us and calls us home to be His children. I think Christ restores our eyes so that we can see our Heavenly Father active in this world. And I think that, that when he says that he restores the hearing to the deaf, that, that he gives us ears to, to hear his calling as he whispers amongst all the screaming of this world to hear that gentle voice saying, Dear child, 
come home. And in Christ's example to us, he fulfills the law. And as we practice and take upon ourselves those, those same characteristics to love one another unconditionally, to lift up each other in prayer, to carry the burden of sin for one another, and for when things start moving too fast and out of control, to be able to say to our brothers and sisters, dear child, come home. I think patience is an important part of who we are as a people today as we look to our tomorrow. Because if I learned anything over the past few years, it's this. Who I decide to be in the storm and how I decide I'm going to respond in the wilderness is the same person that I will be in the promised land. And if I want all the benefits of the promise, then I have to learn to dance in the wilderness. And I think that starts with loving God, loving ourselves, and loving our neighbors. So as I bring the service to a close, I, I ask all of us, including myself today, has God given you a burden to care for someone, to provide a service that, that may take some of your time, or that may be a little uncomfortable? Hear God's call on your heart and answer that call to service. Because I promise you this. There is nothing in your life that you have planned that can ever compare to the goodness of God and the calling he put on your life. We call it sacrifice when we give up something that, that we want for the sake of serving God. That's an, an old traditional thought. But in my time, this is what I've found. I can no longer call it sacrifice because what God has given me is better than what I gave up. Let us pray. Father God, as we close the service today, I ask that, that you be with each and every one of us, Father God, as we leave this house and go out into your world. Help us, Father God, to, to love one another and carry each other's burdens. But help us to remember this as well, that where your word says that, that we should love our neighbors as ourselves, that you gave two points of instruction there.
not just to love our neighbor, but to love ourselves as well. Help us to treat ourselves with patience as we walk our path with you. And help us to carry the burden of of whatever it is, Father God, that you've called upon us to do as we carry one another into your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.